It's Wednesday, November 5th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Mark Reith, and joining me in studio from Motley Fool Options, Jeff Fisher, and from Canada, Jim Gillies. How's it going, guys? Canada. 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 I guess I'm no longer billed as Motley Fool Options. Well, you know, it, it's Jim It's Jim Gillies' week here at The Fool, so I just uh, figure broad strokes. It's a, it's a sad week. That's right. <laughs> it's, a, it's a how dare you. It's a very happy week. <laughs> it's a happy week. week. Absolutely. It's a great week. Yeah. It's a great week. We, we have a lot of activity in Motley Fool Options today, in fact, oh, for yeah. options members, and then for Pro as well, coming up. This is not a spot for options, for you to sell options All to right. our listeners. All right. There are dozens of listeners out there. No, they've already bought. <laughs> Neither so is. They're obviously, they're, they're the smart ones, obviously. Um, so, lots of news going on this week, especially with the elections uh, yesterday, which I'm sure, Jim, you were paying close attention Zero to. Zero attention to. Absolutely. Jeff, did you go out and vote? I did. Nice. I'm a Washington, D.C. resident, so I have no representation on Capitol Hill. Woo! Yeah! Yet I pay taxes. That's the spirit. <laughs> but I did vote for the mayor and uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. our non-voting rep mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. All the and I, 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 I didn't win. Oh, that's okay. Shucks. That's that's never fun. <laughs> um, and yesterday, you know, Chris Hill touched on a very good point at the beginning of the show yesterday. If you're online today, I'm sure you're looking at all the headlines telling you, election day results, here's how you should invest. Republicans gain control. Invest in these sectors. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, it's it's a lot of noise, in my mm-hmm. opinion. It, uh, it certainly is. And, and studies, I think Morgan Housel, mm-hmm. have you heard of him? Uh, once or twice. He's a good guy. Good guy. Good writer, too. Uh, he's he's written about this, how it doesn't matter who's in office, generally speaking, over a long amount of time, mm-hmm. stocks do what they do, because you know what? Stocks are based on cash flow real and earnings. <gasps> yes. Or perhaps not real businesses in certain circumstances. It, it, it sounds like we'll have more gridlock on Capitol Hill, and that may be a good thing for business in the long run. So Yeah, that's the spirit. Yeah, it doesn't matter who you vote for, unless it's Rob Ford, in which case, just great job. <laughs> I, I was going to say, uh, Rob Ford, uh, just an update for the Canadian, uh, <laughs> those following the Toronto mayor, we... We did not re-elect Rob Ford no. last week, uh, but there's a trick. He actually withdrew from the race because he has some health issues. Mm-hmm. So his his um, less cuddly and fun brother took up his mantle to run for Toronto mayor, and he also lost. Oh. So that was good. Shucks, no more yeah. Fords. Yeah, That's sad. Darn shame, darn shame. All right, let's jump into some of the earnings from the last few days. Let's start with Activision Blizzard, which had a pretty darn good quarter. Sales were up 78%. Profits wiped the floor with analyst expectations. Uh, Jim, let's start with you. What do you like? What did you see that you liked? You just covered it. Yeah, they, yeah, I mean, they, it. they smoked it. I mean, this is a business that uh, we've followed a long time uh, around the Fool, recommendation of multiple services. Uh, it has, at times, been a recommendation in Motley Fool Options. We're going to go for the cheap plug again. Uh-huh. Um, and it's a company that, uh, as recently as last week, we were actually exploring bringing back to the service, frankly. We are running a first trade event today, and this was an under contention. Mm-hmm. So it's not this company, though. <laughs> um, but it's it's basically, it's a, it's a business that has... Uh, probably better than any of their competitors has gotten the um, you've you you either have a big hit or you have a string of kind of middling games. They've gotten it right mm. as opposed to take say Take Two or or EA, uh, and they've just got multiple franchises that continually hit it out of the park. The latest one being Destiny, which is something like nine and a half million players within two months of launch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Skylanders is going great. Uh, I've bought a few of those myself for my son. Um, for your son. Yeah, sure. yeah for, <laughs> my for, for, my, for my son. Sure. <clears throat> I'm a collector, me. Um, you know, a World of Warcraft is still going strong. The latest Call of Duty is coming out. Mm-hmm. I think it actually came out. Came uh, out on all, Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. 
the eleventh um, installment in this yeah, story. Yeah, I'm not too sure how f- many legs that one still has to run. Well, people but... are people are raving about this one just because they it's it's new tech, it's new stuff in the game. Uh, it, the expectations. Um, uh, Michael Pactor over at Wedbush, he's a he's a very good uh, video game analyst, and he expects something around 1.2 billion dollars in sales from this Call of Duty before the end of the year. Which I mean, if it's big and it's the it's the one for the new Xbox One and PS4. It could be big. It could be a very that good holiday season. That will make for a very good holiday season. Absolutely. Jeff, have you played Destiny, by the way? I have not. You, you could have had anyone else in this video, <laughs> and, and they would have I more have. video game experience than I have. And it's not something I, I cotton to, naturally, and it, and therefore I don't really invest there either, which is uh, has its good and bad to it. Right. I, d- I do view these, uh, they're studios. They're basically, they're producing yeah. a big hit or a miss. And uh, But over the long run, the franchise can get stronger and stronger, and you have these recurring franchise themes that rake in billions so yeah, if you can pick a few winners content in games yeah. now for yeah. incremental sales just all you know almost constantly it's yeah if you get it right it it's a very lucrative franchise and and activision more often than not has gotten it right absolutely and that was one of the impressive things you just touched on the the downloadable content the online games i think online games accounted for something like two-thirds of sales uh were from online and that includes the full games not just the dlc but you're right the dlc uh, the downloadable content is just recurring revenue and they're just going to keep hitting it hitting it uh the first destiny expansion pack is coming out already they're going to have another one at the beginning of next year they're just knocking it out of the park right now. I really like Activision. Do you guys know quickly if they're working on, and I would guess they are, a sort of virtual reality game for the future? I think everyone is yep. to, to a certain extent. They're not investing $500 million in it like <laughs> they did with Destiny, but I think the I think they're waiting for the platforms more than mm. anything. So uh, Sony has their... Uh, Oculus Rift competitor. Say, get get yeah. your Oculus Rift. Oculus going. Rift is out there. Yeah, I, I think it's it's a wait and see. It's uh, around the corner. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Will, will you play some virtual reality? I'd games? give that a try. <laughs> really? Yeah, sure. All right. Have you tried the Oculus Rift here? I did at the Fool event. Yes. 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 Interesting. <laughs> I was an elephant for a while. So. Dreams. I have no Not response to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's move along, shall we? Uh, Bridgepoint Education reported earnings for the third quarter and not so great. Certainly not an Activision esque quarter. Uh, the most important number, at least to me, that I saw was that enrollment was down hugely from the same quarter last year, uh, from sixty-eight thousand down to fifty-nine thousand, mm-hmm. something like that. Uh, is 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 this an industry trend? I guess is the real question, or is it just Bridgepoint? Is something wrong with Bridgepoint? Uh, it is both an industry and a Bridgepoint trend, mm. but I would say it's something right with Bridgepoint. Interesting. Why? Because. So Bridgepoint's in the for-profit education space, and uh, there were a lot of these companies that were throwing up campuses uh, left, right, and center as fast as they could in a world where basically everyone was getting you know, government financing to do whatever degree they were going to do online. And so a lot of these companies, um, shall we say, overreached a little bit. <laughs> and uh, the government started saying, hey, we're not going to be giving everyone you know, 50 grand to go do a basket weaving degree. And so they've really tightened uh, down on the standards for which they are going to grant funds. And and these companies, most of these companies, we're talking like they're close to 90% mm-hmm. of their revenue ultimately comes from financing. So right. if the students stop getting financing or there's tighter standards there, and, and what they would do is they would, they would curtail your financing based on the success outcomes of the students. Because mm-hmm. we like people, you know, you go spend 50 grand on whatever degree it'd be nice if you can do more than flip burgers at the end of it. Crazy. So what's happened over the last few years has been actually Bridgepoint itself 
has been has been tightening their standards up because they really, you know, I imagine the executives and the people there like making their money. And <laughs> so what they end up doing is they have focused less on bringing students in and really focusing on the persistence of the students that they have. Hmm. So the persistence in the graduation. So those stats are actually going up. I think the uh, the stat for the quarter was that, um, yeah, the 12-month reten- retentions for people who started a year ago, so it's almost like the, the for-profit educator version of uh, same-store sales, um, is 65.8% hmm. versus a year prior it was 60.9%. So that's a very nice uptick. Bad, yeah. So yes, their enrollment is down, but the persistence of those students towards pursuing their degree mm. and because uh, students who don't finish their degree also have an annoying tendency to not pay their loans back. Crazy. Um, yeah. So what ends up happening is you know we're, we're attracting a, what we'll call a better class of students, mm. which is going to be better for the students themselves, the outcomes, and better for Bridgepoint in the long run. Okay, so you see persistence as the differentiating factor between like a Corinthian colleges, which is down something like ninety. Yeah, they're they're done. They're, they're done. They're uh, done. But but like look at Strayer, which is up one hundred twenty seven percent year to date. Is sure. the difference there persistence? Uh, well, Strayer is also down about seventy percent from right. where it was three years ago. But fair. Um, you know that would be the problem of of throwing up campuses willy nilly uh, back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there's other companies like American Public Education, which are doing fine. Right. Uh, I, I think it's, yeah, certain companies have, shall we say, had different exposure to the um, accepting all students, including doorknobs, basically, mm. into just to get that you know that sweet sweet government money. Um, you know, Bridgepoint was one of the lesser offenders. We'll put it that way, and so I think that they have a better shot at. Once we kind of, you know, five years from now, we look back at the for-profit education space to see, well, how does it really look? Mm-hmm. Uh, Bridgepoint is a, I think, a winner. Okay. What that translates to into stock market value. Or they're a survivor. What that translates to stock market <laughs> value. That's a better way to put it. You know, I, I think, you know, but I mean, Bridgepoint, I mean, you know, they're debt-free. They've, you know, they did actually very good cash flow this quarter. They've done pretty decent cash flow every quarter except for Q1 this year. So, uh, I, I thought the, I thought the quarter was was good. All right. Uh, let's wrap things up with Caesar Stone. Now, Jeff, this is a company you follow, or at least it's been on your radar. I had never heard of it, uh, but it's an Israeli company that makes quartz countertops. Yes, sir. How did you find this company? I, well, it's thanks to Alex Scherer who, mm-hmm. and Tom Gardner who put it into Stock Advisor. I believe it, it, it was yeah, Tom and, and Alex uh, last year. 2013. So they're a fairly small company, right. uh, although they they're eclipsing a billion in sales now. But it's still I, I would regard it still as a small cap with a lot of upside potential. As you said, Mark making quartz countertops for kitchens and bathrooms and whatnot. Very simple product. Uh, their product is coming into vogue more and more. It does very well in Australia, mm. and now it's starting to take off in the United States and Canada. And they signed a deal with IKEA. Which lowered margins a bit, but increases volume. But IKEA. But IKEA. But IKEA. Yes. <laughs> and as their vol- what I love about small businesses like this is, as their volume goes up, of course, their operating margins go up mm-hmm. because they finally get efficiencies. So that's what we're seeing with Caesar Stone, operating margins jumping a lot, uh, net income growing sharply. So it's still a good business uh, to own, given that the the runway is m- much longer, it has a lot more room to grow. Normally. People may know I, 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 I'm drawn to businesses with naturally recurring revenue, transactional base, like a MasterCard or even a Starbucks 
that's a recurring purchase every day. This ain't one of them. The countertop, no, it's a big, <laughs> heavy thing. You put it in your kitchen, it's there for 10, 15 years. But the company's small enough that they have a lot of room to grow the next three, five years, maybe longer, that I, I still really like it. So I own it. We used it in options. We put it in options. Mm-hmm. It, it has no long-term options on it, so we had to do short-term things, but made some income on it. And earnings just came out this morning. As you said, they were strong. Sales up 30%. Very impressive stuff. Yeah. But I need to go through them in detail yet before I can say it's it's still a good buy today. The shares are up a lot lately, and, and they're not gener- generating free cash flow right now hmm. because they're investing so much in, in new plants in right. this country. Right. And... Uh, but overall, long-term future looks promising still. Okay, so then what makes what makes this company different from like a tile shop holdings or another niche uh, home improvement company? Uh, I don't know. Uh, not knowing tile shop that well, except they they have their own retail stores, correct? I believe so. Caesar Stone has some as well, but not they're not a retailer per se. They're mainly selling the product, so they're engineering right. and then mass marketing this product through distribution channels. And so they're they're, I would view them as lower risk, lower retail risk, and uh, I'd also say less management shenanigans. Shenanigans, oh, yeah, that's a good word for the it. The tile shop had a few issues. Do yeah. they? One, one or two. Yeah. One or two. All right. Well, so far here, not <laughs> so bad. far, so far, so <laughs> good. Less Caesar Caesar Stone. Stone. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> There's no um, secret company CSTE taking. CSTE is the ticker. Check yes. it out. Check it out. It's volatile, which is nice for writing for options. option premiums. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Wild and crazy. Sorry option that would be options. that would be option uh, cheap plug number four if yeah, you're keeping count. Fourteen. Four All right. <laughs> well, we got to cut you guys off before you keep on doing this. All right. Jim Gillies, Jeff Fisher, guys. Thanks for being here. Thank, Thank you. you. As always, people on this program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Mark Reith. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.